The following message comes to you from the pulpit of Zion Primitive Baptist Church in Zion, Alabama. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com. I want to welcome you today to the Zion Primitive Baptist Church podcast. This podcast is an outreach of Zion Primitive Baptist Church, which is located in the Zion community near Gordo, Alabama. I'm Elder Chris McCool, and I serve as pastor of Zion Primitive Baptist Church. We are a congregation of believers in the sovereign grace of God where families worship together through the simple practice of preaching, praying, and singing. If you live in this area or are visiting here, we would love to have you attend worship services with us. We meet every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. and every Sunday evening at 5 p.m. and the first and third Wednesday evenings at 6.30 p.m. I'm happy to note that our daily podcast is featured on Grace Alone Radio, which you can find at gracealoneradio.net. You can find the schedule on the website, and you can also download an app to your phone so that you can listen wherever you are. Grace Alone Radio is a 24-hour streaming service which carries the message of God's sovereign grace around the clock and around the world. Zion Primitive Baptist Church is located at 9487 County Road 49, Gordo, Alabama. That's near the intersection of County Road 49 and Alabama Highway 159, about 10 miles north of Gordo, Alabama, and about 8 miles northeast of Reform, Alabama. If you're interested in finding more sermons, you can go to our website at zionpbc.com, that's z-i-o-n-p-b-c.com, where you'll find all of our posted sermons as well as a link to subscribe to our podcast. You can also subscribe to our website which will update you every time a new sermon is posted. In today's sermon, we look at the topic of how to discern the will of God. There are many clear doctrinal and moral teachings in the Word of God, those things we don't have to wonder about. But sometimes in our daily walk, we struggle to figure out what God's will is for our lives. He doesn't give us specific directions, for example, about which job to choose or who to marry or where to live and raise your family. But there are some clear guiding principles in the Word of God and some instructions about how to discern the will of God. Join us today as we begin looking at this important topic of how to discern the will of God in our daily lives. But first, we have a song selection that I hope you enjoy. After the song, please stay tuned for another message of God's sovereign grace from the Zion Primitive Baptist Church pulpit. My heavenly home is right
if you will, to Proverbs chapter 3, and we're going to begin reading in verse 5. But as you turn there, I want to remind you of a uh, statement that the Apostle Paul made before he really was the Apostle Paul on the road to Damascus. In Acts chapter 9, when he was struck down by the Lord on the road to Damascus, as uh, the Lord was dealing with him there, he revealed himself to him. I believe he, he regenerated him there on that road. He was born again that day. And the Apostle Paul made this statement, and it's a question that we all should be asking. He said, Lord, what wouldst thou have me to do? Lord, what wouldst thou have me to do? And, and that's a good question, isn't it? That's a, and it's an easy question to ask, but it's not always such an easy question to figure out the answer to. Now, I'm 55 years old. I've made a lot of major decisions in my life about the direction of my career, about who to marry, about various other things in my life. But there's a lot of young folks here today. There's a lot of folks that may still, even though they're older, be facing those kinds of decisions. You know, um, Lord, whom do I marry? Lord, uh, where am I supposed to work? Where am I supposed to live? What about my business? How am I supposed to approach life? In our daily walk, the leading of the Lord is so important. And as a matter of fact, it should be the utmost of importance to each and every child of God. And the question that ought to be constantly on our minds is, Lord, what wouldst thou have me to do in everyday life and especially when it comes to these decisions? Now, there's some clear commandments in the Word of God. There's some clear commandments about right and wrong, about deep doctrinal issues, about righteousness and sin. But some of these questions aren't answered directly in the Word of God. So, so how do I deal with it? You say, preacher, what do I do how do I discern the will of God? And that's what I want to preach to you about this morning is discerning or knowing the will of God for our lives. Read with me in Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. I said earlier that some of the specific uh, que answers to the specific questions aren't dealt with specifically in the Scripture. But there are guiding principles that are at work and that should be applied that will help you to narrow down your options and help you figure out what direction the Lord wants you to go. Now, one caveat, one little aside that I want to give you before we go any farther. One thing I've learned in my life is that it's not an either-or proposition. Now, it is an either-or proposition of either you are going to follow the Lord or you're not. But there have been times in my life where I missed the leading of the Lord. There have been times in my life where I, I can look back on now and point you to one particular decision that I should have gone a different way, but I didn't. And I used to think, well, that means I'm done. The Lord's through with me. I'm off His path and, and I'll just He'll never guide me again. But, you know, we don't do that with our children, do we? And the Lord doesn't do that with His children. I see in my life that even in the times where I missed the turn on the path of my life that I should have taken, 
that the Lord, through His grace and mercy and His providential care, has helped to gather me back up and point me back in the right direction. So, so I don't want you to think this morning that, oh, I've, you know, I've got to get it right or I'll be done with, for, He'll be done with me forever. No, you ought to get it right. Now, don't get me wrong. It's important to follow the will of God. You don't want to be outside the will of God. I've been outside the will of God in my life. It's not a nice place to be. But it's also one of those things where sometimes we do miss it as, as children, as humans, as children of God. And God does not throw us away. You just need to continue looking for his will. So let's talk about how to discern the will of God. Well, the first thing that we need to do in trying to figure out what the will of God is for our life is we need to study God's word. Okay? To know his will, we must know his word. Don't complain about not knowing the will of God if you're not studying his word. Because God doesn't lead us by some divine revelations. He doesn't, you know, uh, send lightning to write across the sky what direction you should go. That sounds good in science fiction movies and fantasy books, but it doesn't work in real life. You see, God reveals himself to us through his word. You know, he tells us over in Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 1, he said, In sundry times and in diverse manners he spake in times past through the prophets. In these last days he has spoken unto us by his Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And the point about that is this. Jesus said in John 5, 39 to those Jews in that day, he said, Search the scriptures in them you think you have eternal life, but they are they that testify me. The Old Testament testifies of Christ. It points us to Christ. The New Testament tells us about Christ and reminds us that Christ has paid the debt and is coming back to get us one day. And here's my point. There's no more divine revelation. I've said this many times. You probably can quote it yourselves. But J. Vernon McGee said this one time. He said, if the Lord were to speak out of heaven today, he'd just repeat something he's already said. We got all we need right here in the scripture, you see. Over in uh, 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 15. And that from a child, we'll go into verse 14. But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. He's talking about the things Paul has given him and the divine revelation that he's given to him. And he says, and that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. Now, he's not talking about eternal salvation here. He's talking to somebody who's already eternally saved. The, the, the young preacher Timothy was already regenerated. He was already a child of God. But yet he says, the scriptures can save you. Child of God, I want to tell you this morning, the scriptures can save you, child of God. It can't say, I'm not talking about for eternity, but I'm talking about an everyday life. When you're facing these decisions of life, flee to the word, flee to the scriptures. He says, they are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. And he goes on to say a very familiar passage here. He goes on to speak this. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished unto all good works. You know, we've said this many times. I don't think I have to repeat it, but I'm going to. The scripture is given by God's own mouth. There's many writers of the Bible, but there's only one author. It's God himself. And he says, this scripture, which is given by the inspiration of God, is profitable to you. Most people will say that what you're doing here this morning is totally unprofitable. You're wasting your time. 
You ought to be out fishing. You ought to be out working. You ought to be out doing something else. But I want to say to you, child of God, the Scripture, it is profitable. Hearing the Scripture preached is profitable for you. And here's what it's profitable for, for doctrine. That's to tell you what the right pathway is, the right things to do. But it's also, it's also good for reproof. That's to tell you when you're off of that right pathway, when you're in the wrong way. But it's, you know, it would be bad if it just told you you were wrong and didn't tell you how to get right, wouldn't it? <laughs> well, the Scripture is profitable not only for reproof, it's prof profitable for correction. That's how to get back on the right path. And then it's profitable for instruction in righteousness. That's how to stay on that right path, you see. You see, the Scripture, to know God's will in your life, you need to know His Word. You need to know His Word. And, and more than that now, to know His will, we must stay in His Word. You know, I've read many books. I've read many books through my life. And I've read them one time. I've read some multiple times. You know, there's some I like to go back to from time to time and reread. But most books I read at one time and say, okay, I've been there, done that. Glad to have learned a little bit from it. And I set it aside and I'm done with it. I hadn't picked up a chemistry book since, high, since college. <laughs> Don't intend to. I know all I need to know about chemistry. You know, chemistry allows me to digest food. That's all that I care about. You know, that's all that matters. I don't know how and it doesn't matter. But I've read it. I put it aside. But that's not what we, we, ha that's not what we should do with the Word of God. You see, don't complain about not knowing His will in your life if you don't stay in His Word. You can't just visit the Word of God every now and then. You can't just... Read it once and say, well, I've read it. I'm done with it. You see, we're told in 2 Timothy 2.15 to study, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. That word study literally means to exert yourself. It means to apply yourself. It means to give diligence to and make an effort. It takes effort. It takes burning the midnight oil sometimes. You can't just say, I read it once and I'm done with it. you got to stay in His Word. To know God's will in your life, we must stay in the Word of God. And this sounds kind of like a duh statement that I'm about to make. But to know His will, we must trust in His Word. We've got to trust Him, okay? Don't complain about not knowing His will if you don't trust His Word. You can't read it and just blow it off and say, oh, you know, my way's better. I, I, I know what the Bible says, but, 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 but my way's better. You know, I, I know better than that. He did not leave us to wander. You know, in our, in our text here that we read from Proverbs, he said, trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Back over in Psalms 119, in verse 128, the writer said, Therefore, I esteem all thy precepts concerning all things to be right, and I hate every false way. There have been many times in my life I thought I had a better way. And every time I thought I had a better way, the Lord showed me that his way was best. You see, following, you know, there's a way that seems right to me. You think about it, the natural, the natural way of thinking things. He tells us that. He said, there's a way that seemeth right unto a man. But here's the problem with it. At the end thereof are the ways of death. You know, the world, if you want to watch the Hallmark Channel all the time, now there's, I'm not knocking the Hallmark Channel. There's some good movies there occasionally. 
had Sherry to take one the other night that I saw looked pretty good. So I'm admit, yes, I'm confessing, men, that I've, I've, I've watched a Hallmark movie or two. But, but, but if you watch the Hallmark movie, and you're going to learn this from the world, follow your heart, you know, just follow your heart. Oh, it's your heart that you need, you know, and that, I mean, that's the, when I was a kid, when you're, some of you young folks, you're probably, you know, reading books and say, follow your heart. There's only one problem with that. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. That's what Jeremiah 17 and verse 9 says. Why would I follow that part of me that's the most wicked, <laughs> desperately wicked? It is is exceedingly see my my natural heart and i'm not talking about the heart that the lord gives us in the new birth but i'm talking about that natural man the natural way of thinking following the rudiments of this world as paul says will lead us to shipwreck see we may think we know better but god didn't lead us to wander and to try to follow our own hearts his primary directions to us are laid out in his word okay he said, trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not to thine own understanding. You know, that's very important because the next, down in verse 7, he says, Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. So what he's saying here is, is not just read his word and stay in his word, but trust it. Trust what it says. To know his word, to know his will. We must trust in His Word. And this kind of is a duh moment too, really. We, you, you, it makes sense. To know His will, we must follow His Word. We must follow His Word. Don't complain about not knowing His will if we read His Word, but don't do what it says. You know, I mean, you can plot your own course. You can follow your own path. But we need to be following what the Lord is doing. Now, and you know, if we're not taking steps of faith when He is leading us, but you, you, when you do discern the will of God and you do figure out, oh, the Lord wants me to take this step, but that's too scary, Lord, I'm not going to do it. Don't complain about not finding the will of God in your life, you see. You've got to stay and study in God's Word. But something else we need to do as we seek the will of God for our lives is we need to pray for God's wisdom. Pray for God's wisdom. Now, let me stop here and say this. There's some things you don't have to pray about. Oh, Lord, my bank account is getting low. They don't have very good security down at West Alabama Bank. I think I'm going to go rob it. What do, what do you say, Lord? You know, am I supposed to go rob this bank? Lord, I, I've, I'm having struggles in my marriage, and this woman brought into my life through work or somewhere else. I, I, Lord, is that your will for me to go after her? You know, I, Listen, you don't have to pray about that. <laughs> you don't have to pray about the things that are clear in His Word. You know, things like that, God's going to look at you when you pray about that and say, Are you kidding me? <laughs> That's not a prayer He's going to listen to, unless He just thumps you on the head like my mama used to do, you know. But my point is this, you know, things like that, there's some things we don't have to pray for. There's some things we don't have to pray about, I should say. You know, one of the things we, we're talking about is who to marry. Okay, that's a big decision for young folks, okay? When you come upon that significant other, that person that you have emotional feelings for, you have, uh, um, you have been attracted to, but they're not, a, they're not a child of God or they don't give forth any evidence of being a child of God. They are not interested in the church. They don't appear to, to maybe even be born again, although we can't, I know we can't judge that 
ourselves. That's in the Lord's hands. But, but they sure don't give any fruits of being a child of God. You say, well, I can change them. You know, young lady says, I can change him. Young man says, I can change her. We'll grow together. No, what the Bible says about that is do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. And that's where that applies primarily. That's where the, one of the biggest places that that applies is in our marriages. Don't be unequally yoked with unbelievers. Don't yoke up with someone who's pulling in a different direction. If you have two oxen in a yoke and one's pulling one way and one the other, it's going to be a disaster. But it doesn't just apply to marriage. It applies to business. Think about it. You've got a lot of opportunities out there in the world. And this person out here is a wicked, uh, uncaring, ungodly person, but they're making money. Lord, should I yoke up with them as a partner in business? You don't really have to pray about that one. The Lord has been clear. Do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. There are some things we don't have to pray about, but most things we do have to pray about. Prayer is just simply talking to God. You know, God, God desires that of his children. Think about those of us and many of you that have children that live away. They're not right next door. They're not real close by. Or maybe even if they are, they're out of the home and they're married and they have their own families. Okay. Isn't it, isn't it wonderful when the phone rings and it's one of them calling you and you have some time to talk with them and fellowship with them on the phone or even go maybe have them come by for a visit and that sort of thing. Isn't that wonderful? Don't you love that? I, you know, Austin and Julia live in, in Georgia and, and from time to time they'll call and we'll just have this wonderful time on the phone of talking with them. I, I know many of you that have the similar circumstance experience that. Well, God is the same way except greater. God, is, God loves to have fellowship with his children. He loves to talk to us. He loves to hear from us. I love to hear from my children. God loves to hear from us. And that's what prayer is all about. It's just talking with God. And this means daily prayer. Daily prayer. What did he say in the model prayer? Everywhere you read it, in Matthew and Luke both, he says, Give us this day our daily bread. Every day we should be praying to God. And in fact, Luke says, Give us day by day our daily bread. We need to be praying daily. In fact, Paul tells the Thessalonians, Thessalonian Christians, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 17, to pray without ceasing. That doesn't mean, you know, you pull over on the side of the road and get out of the car and get on your knees and close your eyes and fold your hands. But that does mean while you're driving down the road, you're in an attitude of prayer. You don't have to always be in the posture of prayer, but you need to stay in the attitude of prayer. Lord, uh, just talk with the Lord. I do that from time to time. I, I just tell him, Lord, I'm doing this and I need your help in that. Lord, forgive me for this and, and help me as I do this and guide me here. Daily prayer. But it also means fervent prayer. You remember what James 5 and verse 16 says? He says, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. The word there is the Greek word energio, which sounds a lot like our word energy, doesn't it? And that's kind of what it means. It's talking about to be active or to be fervent, to be working. And, and the idea is, is that we're not just sitting down and say, okay, uh, good food, good meat, good Lord, let's eat. We've said our prayer, you know. <laughs> no, it means that we are energetic about it. It means we're engaged in it. We're not just going through the motions. That's the point. And it doesn't have to be a particular 
pattern. I mean, God gives us, Christ gave us the model prayer and we should, we should use that as a guide. But, but, but sometimes my prayers are, you know, are longer prayers. You know, they're sometimes they're uh, uh, deeply engaged prayers and detailed prayers. Sometimes the prayer is just, Lord, save me. I don't have time for any kind of any kind of long prayer. Sometimes, you know, I, I've used this before, but when Brother Buddy and Sister Tina and I had that little wreck that I caused, uh, of course, but as I looked up and saw them there, I didn't have time to say, let us pray. Dear God in heaven, I'm about to hit Brother Buddy and Sister Tina. Would you please? No, I didn't have time for that. I just said, oh, Lord, <laughs> that's really all I could say was, oh, Lord, help <laughs> and, and, and praise God. He protected us, you know, he protected us. But that's my point. You can't you can't always. But you're always engaged in fervent prayer. You're not just going through the motion. It also means persistent prayer, persistent prayer. Now, we won't turn and read it, but you can sometime in Luke chapter 18, the very the first Eight verses, I think, tells us the story of the of the widow and the unjust judge. The judge that didn't care about God and didn't care about men. He, he just all he cared about was his own his own things. But the widow kept coming back. She kept on and kept on and kept on. And finally, the judge just threw up his hands and said, "I'm so sick of her coming to me. <laughs> I'm just going to give her what she wants." You know, I mean that that happens sometimes in the world today, doesn't it? You just keep bugging somebody. What do they say? The uh, squeaky wheel gets the grease. You know, that's a that's a saying that kind of is somewhat based on scripture, but. But here's the point he was making there is this. It's not that you're going to worry God to death and he's finally going to, in an exasperated way, say, okay, I'm going to give you what you want. No, he says, God loves you. God loves his children. And he's, he's even more than that unjust judge. The unjust judge is going to finally grant the request just because you kept bugging him. But God loves you so much that he wants to hear from you and you need to persistently petition him in prayer and ultimately God will answer that prayer now we understand sometimes the answer is no and when God gives you the answer no that's the end of it but God will hear you persistent prayer but it also means consistent prayer consistent prayer consistent with his word consistent with our focus on the kingdom of God Lord give me a Cadillac so I can show out before everybody that's not consistent with the Word of God, you know. That's not something that the Lord is going to be too interested in, okay? Lord, give me any kind of vehicle, just as long as it runs, so I can get over there to that church and worship with and minister to those people. Now, the Lord, the Lord will hear that prayer, you see. That's a consistent prayer. And also, this prayer that we're talking about, what, what, what are we praying for? We're praying for wisdom. We're praying for wisdom. You know, hopefully you've studied His Word. Hopefully you've stayed in His Word and you know what His Word says, okay? Then how to apply it. See, there's a difference in having knowledge and having the wisdom to apply it. You know, you know we all know a lot of people that, that are highly educated but, but can't tie their own shoes, you know? As we used to say, they can't walk around and chew chewing gum at the same time. You know, they're not able to... Not able to do that. You need wisdom more than just knowledge. And in James chapter 1 and verse 5, he says, If any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth liberally, 
and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. God is not going to be annoyed by your prayer for wisdom. He gives liberally to all men, all men that ask. And he does not upbraid you. He does not fuss at you for coming to him and praying for wisdom. See, we need to pray for God's wisdom. Due to the constraints of time, we will stop the message here. But please join us tomorrow for the conclusion of this message. If you would like to subscribe to our website, please go to www.zionpbc.com and sign up for email updates. If you have any questions, please feel free to contact the church at zionpbc1847 at gmail.com. That's Z-I-O-N-P-B-C-1847 at gmail.com. Or you can email me directly at jchrismccool at gmail.com. That's the letter J. C-H-R-I-S-M-C-C-O-O-L at gmail.com. Again, thank you for listening. May the Lord bless you is my prayer. We thank you for listening to today's message. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com.